Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. Good morning. It is a good morning, isn't it? Good and hot. And hell's a lot hotter. So don't go there. I guarantee you there's air conditioning in heaven. Praise the Lord. Well, listen, if you haven't been with us real quickly, two weeks ago, I was um, sharing a little bit about my life and how things, uh, how God worked in my life and uh, He rescued me. He saved me. My situation was different than Mark's, but nevertheless, He he definitely rescued me and saved me. And so um, I was kind of explaining how that all worked out and the things I had changes I had made in my life where I basically just said no to anything that remotely even came close to looking like any form of ungodliness, like anything. Television, I just cut the thing off. I just didn't even look at it. And changed music, changed the way I talked, changed the way I, what I, who people I listened to, hung around with. Just all, anything that could even possibly even be remotely close to ungodliness, I just separated myself from it. And during the course of a few weeks, goes by, next thing you know, a month and two, and next thing you know, here we are 13 years later. And I, I never went back. I never fell off the wagon. When I got on the wagon, I've been riding on it ever since. That's how it worked. And I know it worked for me to work for you. It's... And I, I, I issued like a 21-day challenge, and the reason being is after 21 days of doing something, new habits start forming and creating, which means old habits are falling away, and new, new habits are becoming, uh, well, becoming a new habit, a good habit. And so um, that's where we were at, and then last week we talked about uh, little things that lead to big things, both good and bad. Little things like David carrying a little lunch out to his brothers led to a mighty big thing, killing Goliath and then becoming the greatest king uh, that Israel had ever known or ever has known. Wish he was our president today. Amen to that. Because when people messed up and came against the nation, you know what he did? He killed them. Wouldn't that be good to have today? Anyway, he didn't give them money. He didn't mail them checks. Mail them all our weapons. Anyway, don't let me get off track. So, um, but little bad things also lead to big things as well. There's little bad things in your life and, um, you know, kind of talking about the average person in here or a person listening at home, it's not one big giant thing in your life most of the time. It's, it's just a several small things, several small things. So um, whether you're two weeks into the 21-day challenge or maybe you haven't started or maybe you're a weekend, people are all different places because I've got some messages uh, through Facebook that you know people didn't even hear the message for a week or so, but they, they decided to do it and they started it. And last week we didn't have it recorded, so um, you missed it. All I can tell you is you have to just get out of bed and get to church and you won't, you won't miss it. Amen. Amen. And I apologize, but last week it was little things 
Little things, little things in our life that we need to, to, to cut out. And so, um, anyway, this week, this week, we're going to be talking about compromise. Compromise, because I remember I had things in my life, and I would, I would make compromises. And I remember some things I had in my life that I literally took in my hand, and I said out loud that I'm saying no to compromise, and I threw them away. Threw them away. I remember <clears throat> this is something entirely diff- different, but I remember I was in Winston County, and I was on some back roads, and I was with a friend of mine. And he was helping me, and he was encouraging me. He's actually the one that had given me the iPod to listen to with all the sermons and the Christian music that I was listening to and putting into my ears and feeding on daily. And he asked me how it was going, and I said, well, it's going good. I've you know, listened to nothing except... Uh, uh, 93.7 and then some of the songs you had given me that's all I've listened to now for you know a month or two he said okay well good and he said well what's in your CD changer on your truck and he mashed the button and out comes a CD with some country or some rock and roll or something on it and then he hits it he, he keeps ejecting there's like six CDs in there and I was like I promise I hadn't listened to those I haven't I hadn't he said, well, why are they even in your truck? Why are they even in here? If you're not going to listen to them and you have no plans to listen to them, why, why are they even in here? And I said, I rolled down the window and I threw them all out the window like Frisbees. Now, I'm not promoting littering, <laughs> but I did. I, t- I threw them out the window. The CDs, they went flying out, gone. And, it, you know, it's like having a black book in case the, your marriage don't work out. You've got to keep some of your old girlfriend's phone numbers, right? That's what those CDs were in my changer, just in case. So anyway, I got them out of the truck. Gone. Bye-bye. So say no to compromise. And so what we've been talking about is living godly. Living godly. Living godly. You're called to live godly, to live a righteous, a holy life. Jesus died on the cross so that you could do it. Amen. But so living godly in an ungodly world, that's... That's a challenge, isn't it? Because we definitely live in an a ungodly world. And I'm not talking about godly as in religious. You know, he tells us that um, we're going to live in this world, but we're not of this world. And there's some people that live in this world. I mean, they, they, they live like they're from, a, they're from another planet. Like they're an alien. You know, Christians that live like they're from another planet and they've got their Jesus shirt on, the Jesus saves bumper sticker, the fish on their car, they got the gold cross on, they've got some tattoos that says, you know, I love Jesus or whatever it is, your favorite Bible scripture, but um, they're not interacting with you or you're not interacting. If you're that person, in other words, like, I'm separating myself. I'm, I'm not, I've got all this stuff on, but at during lunch, I'm going to go sit there by myself. I'm not going to sit and associate with you because you're not religious like me. That's not what I'm talking about. 
That's not what I'm talking about. We are supposed to go into the world. We're not of this world, but we live in this world, and we're supposed to be a light in a very dark world. And this world has lost its taste. It don't have any taste. It's tasteless. In other words, there's no salt. That's why we're supposed to be the salt. We're supposed to carry the salt. When you leave home, you should carry your lamp and your salt shaker. Not your salt shaker, but your salt shaker. You know what I meant? <clears throat> your salt shaker. In other words, actions speak louder than words. You can have all the clothes and the stickers and you can have your Bible highlighted, which I do and I encourage and underline it, use it. It's a study tool. Underline stuff in there. You can have all that out, but actions speak louder than words. Does your life line up with it? Amen. So we're not supposed to be aliens. Um, So what we've been talking about this last couple of weeks, now I want to read something to you here. And uh, we've been talking about, um, you know, having uh, goals and, and having dreams and um, having a passion and getting prepared and things of that nature. So I've, I've announced, and most everyone in here knows, uh, that that Mr. Glenn went. He's he's with Jesus, right? They're having church today, a different church service than we're having. It's a whole lot better. I'm enjoying this one, but I'm saying he's in heaven with Jesus, like right there, right there with him. Praise the Lord. And so he he had written this and put this on the in his garage there by his dirt box and stuff. Praise the Lord. Dirt box. And that's how I met him, through a dirt bike. I was at the Ridge, and I met him and Jason, his son Jason, at the, the same day, years ago. I was with Tyler Kyle. Tyler introduced me to him. I don't even know if you remember it. A long time ago. And uh, little did I know when I met him that I was going to start a, a series with a, a stick up there. Me and him were going to start a series. I didn't know that then. I didn't know that uh, Glenn would start coming to the church. I didn't even know I was going to be preaching. I didn't even know I'd be going to church because I wanted to. Because prior to then, I just went because I felt like I needed to. Like, like I just had to go. That's just what you did. I live in Alabama. That's what you do. You go to church, right? I didn't know these things. I didn't know that. Don't ever take your relationship lightly. When you meet somebody, you don't ever know where it's going to come full circle, what it's going to lead to. Amen. I'm looking here in the room at people. Uh, Andy's sitting back here. I met him at the gym. I dropped a medicine ball on his face one time. <laughs> Not intentionally, but it happened. But you know what? That's just a little thing. That's just a little thing. But years later, here he sits. Praise the Lord. Amen. Going to lunch with somebody, a little thing. I mentioned last week, not to be embarrassing y'all, but it's all right, y'all get over it. I mentioned last week, Mason, when he was a younger teenage kid, and his little thing, the little thing was I helped him ride a motorcycle and go faster. It led to a big thing. The big thing is he's sitting here. Not only is he sitting here, but he sits on my couch and eats my groceries. <laughs> I didn't know that back then. <laughs> he eats a lot too. I think three boys eat a lot. Throw a fourth one in there. Good, 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 good. 
So you don't even want to know what the bill was. We just got back from the beach. You don't even know what the bill was that we got to eat. It's, it's, it's something. It, it, they, like, do you offer financing for this? It's a lot of shrimp. But anyway, this was there in the shop. And Glenn had written this at some point. Man, it's good. It's very, 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 very powerful. It's very good. His wife and his son, his daughter, in-laws and outlaws, they're all back there today. And I asked him to bring it to me because I wanted to share it with you. She says, if you're willing to accept God's best, you have to be willing to accept change. Keep doing the same thing, get the same results. Stay open to new ideas. Don't live off of past victories. Don't lose your passion. God is preparing you for the new. Amen. Get a new vision for your life. If you don't have a dream, you're not really living. Don't let a series of failures make you give up. Rise up and dream a new dream. Don't miss out on God's best. God's ways are not our ways. They are always bigger and better. God has a solution before you have the problem. Life may not be fair, but God is. That's powerful. I'm sure when he wrote that, it's just a little piece of paper hanging on the wall, probably kind of a little thing, but it's a big thing. It's a mighty big thing standing here reading it to you this morning. And Patrick reminded me, I didn't know, I didn't even have a clue, but he said two years ago, this same date, there was some other type of issue, the 21-day challenge. I think it was a 21-day challenge to pray for 21 days on your own, not here at church, but like away from here at your house. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's God works in seasons. Do you ever notice that? He does. So it's a new season. Um, and if you all want a, a copy of this, I don't think the family would would mind. I mean, this is something that I'd like to hang on my refrigerator to read often. Very good. Very, very, very good. Very good. So, saying no to comp compromise and, and being what you are without compromise. Being what you are, a new creation, the God recreated, you're new created, new creation, born again, and be who you are, be what God created you to be, who He created you to be, without compromise. Because there's people in this world that don't know what you know. They don't know the Word like you know the Word. They don't know what Jesus did for them like you know what Jesus did for you. And But they need to know. They need to know not just with your words that you speak to them, not just with your gold necklace or your Jesus saved shirt, but they need to know with the life that you live. 
with the decisions that you make or the decisions you don't make. In other words, when you choose to do righteous over unrighteous. And we talk about voting a, a left and a right. You know, at the end of the day, it's not left and right. At the end of the day, it's righteousness or unrighteousness. That's it. That's what you're voting. When you go to the polls, you're voting righteousness. And we're supposed to live a, a life that people can see you. You know, you shouldn't have to introduce yourself and go, I, I'm a Christian. People shouldn't hang around you for days or even weeks or months or years and then find out you're a Christian. I mean, well, I meet people all the time. We go to jobs and meet customers. Almost immediately, I can tell if they're a Christian or if they're not. You can just tell. You just pick it up. It's just a feeling. It's a spirit-to-spirit thing, and you know. You shouldn't have, if you're having to tell everybody, yes, I'm a Christian, then that's not, that's not good. Your actions should speak way louder than your words. They should be able to tell that you're a Christian. You should leave a, 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 a tip at a, a restaurant. That should speak. Don't be some chinchy, tightwad, cheapskate Christian. Jesus loves you, but I don't. I'm just going to give you a dollar. No. He blesses you so you can bless them. Bless others. So, um, you know, I, I was writing down a few things here, and uh, one thing I wrote down was, people are desperate. This world we live in, it, it's, it's not good. I mean, I'm only 46 years old. I was talking to Mr. Tommy before church. He said, I'm almost 80. I said, you've seen a lot of change. He says, I've seen a lot. Not good, bad. The world has changed it's bad. It's not like it used to be. And I was thinking just in my lifetime how much things have changed. Wow. A whole lot. This has nothing to do with spiritual matters, but I, when I was in high school, I got a new gun for Christmas. Uh, my dad bought me this, this deer rifle, and I carried it to school in my truck. And I got my coaches, and they come out to the parking lot, and they're out there in the high school parking lot of Gardner High School holding up a, it was a Winchester 243. And they were holding it up. They were looking through the scope out in the parking lot of the school. Nobody thought nothing about it. No big deal. Carried my gun with me every Friday because I left and I went to the hunting club. Things have changed now. If you carry a pocket knife, you're done. I carry a pocket knife too every day. But things have changed. Amen? But also things that used to be sin, they still are sin, but things that used to be recognized as sin, and if people chose to live that life or do that sin, they would hide it. They would keep it. Like they didn't want anybody to know it. It's like your parents. Like if I, if I sinned, if I did something wrong, I wouldn't want them to know for a couple of reasons. One, I wouldn't want to be in trouble. But the main thing I didn't want is I wanted them to be proud of me. I didn't want them to be disappointed in me. So I would keep things from them so they wouldn't find out. I didn't want them to be disappointed in me. And for the most part, I went by their rules until I bought my own house and moved out. Then I went by my rules after that. But I still kept things from them because I didn't want them to be disappointed. But what I've noticed is it's not like that anymore. It's just sin. 
and we do it openly, who cares? I mean, because who says it's sin anyway? God? I don't even believe in God, so it's not sin to me. It's just sin to all you Bible thumpers who think it's really sin. But the world has turned into that. Where it's just become trivial, no big deal. We'll just do what we want, and who cares about sin? But what I've noticed is a, di uh, uh, a blending, if you will. Like I say, sin's not even hidden, and it's like it's become blended. Like the lines have become faded. Like you can go read in Revelation about chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, about lukewarm, not hot, not not cold, but lukewarm. And you see a lot of lukewarm Christians. And what I mean is, you know, not to get theological and break it down, what exactly does that mean? Because you can get deep and you can say that's the difference between grace and law, hot and cold, and that is true. But I mean, I'm talking about one leg in the world and one leg in, in the church. Lukewarm. Lukewarm. Lukewarm is not good for anything. A lukewarm bath's not any good, but a hot bath is. A lukewarm glass of sweet tea is not good, but a cold one is. I can't think, I've never went into a restaurant and said, yeah, let me get, uh, let me get that 14-ounce uh, ribeye right there and make that thing lukewarm for me. <laughs> Give me a cup of soup, lukewarm if you don't mind. I mean, nobody does lukewarm anything. You heat something up in the microwave and you get it out and you're like, that's lukewarm. Put it back in, heat it up some more. Right? There's not a lukewarm. Lukewarm's not good. And we shouldn't be lukewarm. There's not a, you know, the line shouldn't be faded. It, it should be very distinct. And I think one reason, you know, I do preach the message of grace. And I believe in grace. And where I've seen abounds grace, much more abounds praise the Lord. I'm saved by grace through faith. I believe all that 100%. And I preach the message of grace. And I preach about God's mercy. In other words, grace is you get what you don't deserve. And mercy, you don't get what you do deserve. We preach all that. But if I didn't preach the other side of it, uh, I wouldn't be doing you justice. You know, what do you mean, Jesus, you know, God's merciful. He'll forgive me, so I'll just go ahead and do it. You don't really understand God's grace or mercy if you even think that way. You don't. Because when I got an understanding of God's grace and what He really did for me, and what He really provided for me, and while I was still a sinner, He died for me. That's how much He loved me. And I got a hold of God's mercy and realized I'm not going to get what I deserve, but I'm going to get what He deserved because He took my place. Then, all of a sudden, what I wanted to do changed. So you can say, if you get saved, can you just do what you want to do? I say yes. Yes. You know why? Not because you're covered under God's grace, but because your want to is going to change. See, now I have an understanding of God's grace and mercy. My want to is not what my want to used to be. The old man, his want to was entirely different. I don't want to do those things anymore. So when people say, you think you can just do what you want to now that you're saved? Yeah, I can. But my want to changed. I, like I don't want to hurt, harm people anymore. Some people that I used to lay in the bed and think about putting them in the blender, you know, chopping them up. Those, 
Those thoughts left me. You know why? Because the, the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. I, I don't think the way I used to think. I don't want to do what I used to want to do. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. But this whole one leg in, one leg thing out, here's the deal. Um, you're going to have to give an account for your life. I'm not going to give an account for your life. You're not going to be able to get up there and make a bunch of excuses about why you did or why you didn't do. But every man will stand before God and you'll get to give an account for your life. And it's, it's never too late. Maybe you've made some mistakes and you're reaping what you have sown and your life is not going well right now. Guess what? It's never too late. It is never too late. God loves to do redos and give you a new start, a fresh start. And when you accept Christ, you accept Christ in your heart, guess what? Your sins are cast as far as from the east is from the west. He doesn't remember what you did in the past because it's just that. It's the past. Now you're a new creation. That old man died. You're alive with Christ. Amen. So it's never too late. It's never too late to serve the Lord. And we have Christians, people living lukewarm. I mean, it's kind of disgusting to see people with absolutely no fear of God. No fear that this word's true. No fear that you are going to have to give an account one day. No reverence, no respect for the things of God. It's heartbreaking. It, it is. It, it, it's heartbreaking. But when we go out into the world, we're supposed to turn on the light when we go out there. Amen? We're supposed to carry the salt shaker with us. And uh, you have a job. You have a job. You have a job. You're employed. If you're not, you need to get a job application and fill it out. Your job is not to sit there in that chair. That's not your job to sit there in that chair. We're here sitting in these chairs this morning, gathering together. You know why? Because we're learning and we're getting equipped. We're praising and we're worshiping God. But you're coming in here getting some tools and we're getting equipped to go out there into the world and do a job. We're coming in here and you're refilling your salt shaker. <laughs> salt shaker. It's not a salt shaker. It Salt shaker, and you're putting some more oil in your lamp, or whatever it is, we're going out. You're coming here getting equipped, and we're learning to go out into the world. Your job's way bigger than sitting in a chair. Amen. Amen. We're here to learn. Now, talking about saying no to compromise, let me read through this quickly. In Luke, the fourth chapter. The first verse. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, when he was in the Jordan, he got baptized. You remember? And this voice said, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when he had ended, he was hungry. So he hasn't had anything to eat for 40 days. He's hungry, and he's weak. And that's when Satan always wants to attack you, when you're weak. And the devil said to him, if you're the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Notice there, the first thing he says, and this is not what I'm preaching on today, but i got to point this out to you. He says, if you are the Son of God. Now, Jesus baptized the Holy Spirit, descended on him, sat on him like a dove, and this voice came from heaven, which is his Father. It says, this is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased. That's my Son, and I'm pleased. Satan comes to him, and he says, 
if you are the Son of God, the first thing He wants you to do is start questioning yourself. Can I really do what God says I can do? Am I really saved? Am I really born again? Is heaven really in my future? Does the Word of God really apply to my life? Long list of things. He wants you to start questioning those things. Ultimately, He wants you to start questioning the Word so that you'll compromise. He says, if you are, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered and said, it's written. He always answers with the Word of God. You should always answer with the Word of God. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on the high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I'll give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. He's, he, he's, he's offering it to him, and you notice there it says, it's been delivered to me. That's because Adam and Eve, they did have authority. Satan comes in the garden. Adam and Eve hand over their authority. So Satan, he's not lying. He does have the authority. It is his word. He's the little G. He said, I can give it to you. Therefore, if I... If you will worship before me, all this will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. And then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on a high pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you're the Son of God, notice that he's still questioning if you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it's written. Now, he's quoting Scripture. He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you. And their hands, they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said that you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And I'll stop there. Notice Satan comes and he's quoting Scripture. He's telling the truth, but it's actually a big lie. And he always, always has a little truth in his big fat lie. Amen, he does. But aren't you glad that Jesus didn't compromise? If Jesus had, a comp- had compromised, the, the world that we live in, our lives would look a little bit different right now, wouldn't they? You know what compromise is? Just a little bit under what you know is right. What you know is right. Just a little bit under that. That's compromise. Everybody else is doing it. I mean, everybody else is doing it. It's just a little. But it's just one time. It's just one event. No, it's a path. Every path has a destination. It's not one time. It's a path. There's some people that said, it's just one time. 18 years later, they were at their child's graduation. It's just one time. Ten years later, they have nothing. They've lost it all on drugs because of the one time. It's just one time. It's just one time. It's just a little. Everybody else is doing it. All the other kids are doing it. The other parents, they're letting their kids do it. Well, that's fine. You want to go move in with them? Because they ain't your parent. I'm your parent. And I said, no. Just do that, moms and dads. Just say, no. I can't make a compromise just because everybody else is making a compromise. I can't. Because you know why? I'm going to stand before God. I'm going to have to explain it. This little girl said, Mom, my friends are 
you know, we're having this sleepover party and they're all there, they're hanging out and whatever. Can we rent this movie and watch it? The mom says, I don't know, let me check it out. She looks at it and everything and she says, well, there's some, there's some, you know, curse, cursing in here. It's, you know, rated R for cursing. And the little girl says, well, it, it's not that many cuss words, mom. And all the other kids, they've already seen it. Everybody's watching it. It's this new movie. It's just a few cuss words. We'll be okay. And mom says, okay, well, that's fine. We'll rent the movie. Would you like me to bake you some brownies? You can eat some brownies while you're watching the movie. And the kid's like, yeah, that'd be great. So the mom says, okay. Well, she goes in, in, in Sparky. She goes and gets some of Sparky as the dog. It's a little chihuahua. And she go get some of the chihuahua's, uh, you know, his business. It kind of looks like a brownie. And this big old brownie bowl mix. And she just throws a couple Sparky nuggets in there. What are you doing, Mom? Well, it's just a couple. You probably won't even notice. Kind of like the movie. It's just a few. I heard that years ago. That stuck with me. That's a good one. That's a good one. Paul's talking to the Galatians, and he's actually talking to them about legalism, but you can use this verse in a, in a lot of different areas. But he says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So you take some flour and some water and you mix it up and you bake it, this is going to come out flat, like flatbread. But you put a little bit of yeast in there and now it's going to, you know, it's going to rise. It's going to be a piece of bread. It just takes a little bit of the yeast. He's saying it just takes a little bit of leaven to leaven the whole lump, kind of like just one little sparky nugget into the brownie mix. It's just a little thing. It's just a little thing to spoil the whole thing. You know, it's bad apple. One bad apple spoils the whole bunch. It's just the little foxes that spoil the vineyards. Amen. James, the fourth chapter, 17th verse. We covered this last week. But therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it's sin. You know what? What he's talking about is compromise. You know it, but you're not doing it. It's, it's compromise. You're making a compromise. And see, this can be commission or omission. In other words, commission, sins you commission. In other words, I'm committing these sins. I'm making the choice to do, to do wrong. But a lot of times it's omission. It's things you know you should do, but you don't. Kind of like there's 60 million Christians registered to vote out of... No, there's not. Back up. Hold up on that car wash. There's 60 million, approximately 60 million Christians here in the United States of America. 30 million are registered to vote. Out of the 30 million, of the 60 million, only 14 million actually vote. You know you need to be voting. It's not Biden's fault. It's not Obama's fault. If you think it's Trump's fault, it's not his fault. It's not Reagan's fault. It's not Clinton's fault. It's not those people's fault. It's our fault. Who voted them nuts in there? It wasn't Christians. It wasn't people that went to the polls and voted righteousness. It was people that said, I just don't feel like going today. I'm tired. Yeah, what's it going to matter anyway? It's raining. I don't feel like getting out in the rain and voting. So, you know, I'll just let the rest of the nuts do the voting for me. They got voted in. They got voted in. This last time they didn't. <laughs> I mean, 
don't take a rocket science to figure that out. But prior to that, they got voted in. They got voted in. Have you ever looked at the, the, the debates and thought, you know, you're looking at them sitting on the panel on their debate and you're thinking, you're looking from left to right and you're thinking, this is all we've got? I mean, billions of people and this is the best we come up with? I mean, I've thought that many times. Well, it's because of lazy Christians. It's true. Don't be lazy. We need to be better and do better. We need to, in our lives, what we do, our actions, like I said, actions speak louder than words and not compromising. And, and you say, well, you know, God knows my heart. Well, he does, but I don't. And the sinners in the world, they don't. They don't know your heart. All they know is, are your actions. That's all they know is what you do do or what you don't do. How you speak and how you carry yourself and how you react, that's all they know. They don't know your heart. Praise the Lord. That's why we've got to be salt and light. Praise the Lord. Others don't see your heart. You know what others see? Your behavior. Others see your behavior. That's all others see. When you're at work, they see your behavior. When you're at the shopping mall, you're there checking out at Walmart and the line's long, you're getting frustrated or somebody does something stupid. Whatever it is, they see your behavior. Somebody cuts you off in traffic, they see your behavior. They see your behavior. That's all other people see is your behavior. Your life is like this. Your life is like a billboard. You drive down I-65, there's billboards, they're advertising something. Billboards all the way up and down the interstate, they're advertising something. Your life is a giant billboard and it is advertising something. So the question is, what, what's on your billboard? What is your life advertising? Is it confusing to people? The only difference people see in us is that we come and gather together on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, we're living back in the world. we got one leg in, one leg out, and we're lukewarm, and they don't like that because they don't like hypocrites, so therefore they don't want nothing to do with the God that you say that you serve? Amen? I'm including myself. Everybody in here, man, woman, child of all ages, can, can afford to come up a notch in our behavior. There's no, nobody, Jesus, unless you're Jesus, you can afford to come up a notch in your behavior. I could afford to come up a couple notches. That's hard to believe, I know. But it's true. Romans the 14th chapter 4 it is written as I live says the Lord every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God we quote that a lot the next scripture says so then each of us shall give an account of himself to God we'll all give an account to our life to God amen I mentioned a job application. You need to get a job application. You need to work for God. And your work is not sitting in a chair, but your work 
It was not going, just going to heaven. Your work is definitely going to heaven, but it's taking as many people with you as you can. There's just some new people in here. You know why? Because sheep begot sheep. And I'm starting to see that. That's the way it's supposed to work. Sheep begot sheep. I can't go out and do all the inviting and don't depend on somebody else to do it. Sheep begot sheep. You're a sheep. Invite people. Tell people. You go to a good restaurant, you don't hesitate to get on Facebook and talk about how good it is. You go to a bad restaurant, Lord, you don't hesitate to get on Facebook and tell about it either. <laughs> I just keep that to myself, though. If it's bad, I just stay off there. Just don't go back. Don't like it, don't go. Don't, don't, be a, don't, don't, don't make a habit out of bashing on folks. They might have had an off night for all you know, but if I don't like it, I just don't go back. If somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, why don't you go there? Well, I'll tell you why, because it wasn't any good. But I'm not going to get on there and advertise and waste my time and energy smashing on other people. And I don't think you should either. Because I don't think Jesus would. Because you lost a billboard. So what do people see on your billboard sign? You need to take this salt and light with you everywhere you go. Take it to school. And take it to work. And take it to Walmart. And take it to Publix. When you go fishing... Fish holy. Do some holy fishing. I'm serious. You're hanging around, you meet people at the water, at the lake, or a bass tournament, or if you're going out riding, or you're going to the ball game, you can go, you can be surrounded by a bunch of people that's going straight to hell and not be affected by it. They need to see some salt and light. That's what it is. You're carrying salt and light with you. They need to see it. They need to see a difference in you. Somebody that's not going to compromise. Amen. Praise the Lord. We make too many compromises. And we're only godly with, when we're hanging out with our church friends. Only godly here on Sunday. Or if you're having a church event, then we're going to be godly. But the rest of the time, we're just, we just kind of gravitate or whatever you want to call it uh, towards whoever we're hanging out with, we act like them. No. You should be the same all the time. You shouldn't change. That's what the world needs to see. You don't need to be like a man being tossed to and fro. Amen? Because at the end of the day, like I've said already a couple of times, you're going to give an account for your life. You're going to give an account for your action. Here's the deal. Um, I want God to be pleased with my actions. I want Him to be pleased with my actions. But I want Him to be pleased with your actions as well. I want Him to be pleased with my actions and your actions. I surrendered my life to Christ 13 years ago. I read the Word of God. I pray. I study. I try to be the best man, uh, husband, human being, pastor, friend, whatever it is I can possibly be. I've been on the wagon. I haven't fallen off the wagon. I've been on it. I've stayed with it. I'm going to keep staying with it. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep serving the Lord till the, the day I take my last breath. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And if you think you're not going to go with me, you got another thing coming. You're not just going to sit here in a chair and not do anything. You're not just going to sit here in a chair and not grow and say, well, uh, eh, eh, wah, wah, whatever the excuse is, and, and compromise and make excuses and live this life of self-pity. It's not going to work. If you're going to live like that and come here, you're going to be, I'm going to really annoy you. My wife says I'm the most annoying human being she's ever met in her life. 
<laughs> you know, she's at the base trying to enjoy herself in the water. You know, of course, I got to splash her, dunk her, put ice on her. You know, all these things. I mean, annoying to her, fun to me, whatever. <laughs> I'm hot. you hot? A few people are, a few people aren't. Well, that's all right. We're, we're about to be done here in another couple hours. So, um, where should we go here? In Matthew, the 23rd chapter of Matthew, it's, it's the woes. He's talking to scribes and Pharisees. And woes. Woes to you, scribes. Woe to you, Pharisees. He's talking about being hypocritical. And the woe is the worst kind of misery that you can't get away from. Worst kind of misery you can't... i got to tell you this story real quick. It's probably not one you should tell at church, but neither are a lot of stories I tell. Years ago, this is years ago, not recently, okay? I would never think this way now, but years ago, there was this man and woman, and um, the man, he was always really smelly. Like He didn't use deodorant. It's not because he was poor and couldn't afford a bath. He just I guess he just didn't like deodorant. I was like, man, give us a break, bud. Come on. Bad. Body odor. You know, we call it B.O. Body odor. So we started calling him Bo. Bo. <laughs> for body odor. Bo. And uh, not to his face, though. Totally behind his back. You know, we're showing him the salt and the light, right? This is B.C. before Christ. So, well, his wife... Um, I can't say what they were doing, but this place they worked at, they would have their back to you, and then they would turn around, and they would have their back when you when you, you know, have your back to you. So, uh, when she had her back to you, it looked one way. No, you're a man. You're probably thinking, well, pretty good looking gal. But when she turned around, <laughs> it wasn't good. I'm gonna tell you, it was not good at all. Not at all. So my buddy, he said, he, he, he started laughing. He said, I got a new name for the couple. He said, that's Bo and that's Whoa. <laughs> because she turned around and was like, Whoa. <laughs> I've never forgot that. Anyway, that's not going to help you with your walk with Christ. I was just sharing that. <laughs> Bo and Whoa. But... um. In Matthew 23, he's talking about to the, to the scribes and Pharisees, he's called them hypocrites. And that's the worst kind of misery that you can't get away from. God doesn't like hypocrites. He doesn't want us to be hypocritical. He doesn't want us to have one leg in, one leg out, and to be lukewarm. He doesn't want that. Not at all. And, you know, what's a hypocrite? A person who, who knows what's right. You preach what's right. You tell others to do what's right, but you don't do right. Oh yeah, you do right at church, you do right in public, and you say long prayers, and uh, you know, make sure, attention everyone, I'm going to say the blessing over here. You know, make sure everybody hears you. Nothing against the blessing. I'm just talking about, but when they get home and they're behind closed doors and nobody's around, are they praying then? Are they talking about bow and woe? They go to prayer meeting, 
and the very men and women they pray with, but then they go home and talk about them. You know, somebody's got a prayer request, and then they go home and they call other people and go, you're not going to believe what she's done on this time. Knowing what's right, preaching, telling others what's right, but not living it yourself. And you're who you really are. An old man told me this one time when I was a young boy. He said, you're who you really are when you're at home alone. When you're all by yourself and nobody's looking, that's who you really are. And our life needs to be a witness. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter and the 20th verse. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on God's uh, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Do you, grab a hold of that scripture. God is pleading through our lives. When you go to work, He is pleading with those people, be reconciled to me. And He's pleading to them through your life. The life that you live. What you say, what you don't say, how you interact. What the... That's the only Bible a lot of people read. It's not you preaching to them. It's not all those things. It's the life that you live. And it, the Word says that we are Christ's ambassadors. He's pleading through us that you be reconciled. He's pleading through us. That's what your life is. Amen. It's got to be different. Come out from amongst them. There's things I don't get invited to. I don't get invited to certain parties. I remember years ago, what I might have, would have got invited to a party, but when I surrendered my life to Christ, I was the same seven days a week. I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't cuss, I didn't do all these things. I, I lived it. I wanted it. I was thirsty for it. I changed. I was a new creation. I didn't do those things. So then all of a sudden, I didn't even get invited to the Halloween party. Because at the Halloween party, everybody was getting tore up from the floor up. I guess they thought I just didn't want to be around it. And they're right, I didn't. But the same people that didn't invite me to the parties and the same people that didn't invite me to the other get-togethers are the same people that would always call me when their life was in turmoil or when they're fixing to get a divorce. Because you know why? I didn't change. I was the same. You going to call the guy who got the drunkest at the party to help you with your life? See, people's life are dark and then they're surrounded by a dark world. They need to see some light. And they need to see it in you. Yeah, it's probably going to cost you some friends and people's going to talk about you and make fun of you and mock you. I understand. You may even have to quit your job. I remember one time I was working on this job and it was a good one. It came along at a good time. It was enough year, work to last for two years. It was good. Real good. And we had this deal set up for two years worth of work, maybe longer. And so we declined any other work, didn't bid on anything because we couldn't do anything else because we were right here busy for two years. So, and I didn't even enjoy where I was working. I didn't enjoy the company. I didn't want to be there. But it was two years worth of work. And it wasn't in a good time. It was after the recession, you see. So two years worth of work. It was kind of a relief, even though I didn't uh, like where I was working. At least I got two years worth of work. Amen. We're going to eat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Keep this thing full. But then the company who had hired us said, well, here's the deal. 
You know, you're charging 40000 per unit. What we need you to do is charge 50000 per unit. We're still going to give you the forty, and then this additional $10, we will split it with you. We'll meet down the road. We'll keep five. You get five if you want to keep his contract. Why not? $40,000 plus another five? No, because that's compromise. That's wrong. And it'll get you thrown in jail. So you know what? I said no. We got fired. Now I have no work. Nothing to do. Which led me to going out into business for myself again. Which led me to where I'm at now. Which led me to having... If I hadn't worked for myself, I wouldn't have hired Patrick. If I hadn't hired Patrick, he probably would be sitting there right now. He might not even be alive. Because a lot of people were praying for him. They wouldn't have been praying for him. He wouldn't have maybe perhaps known what he knows now about the Word. Amen? So anyway, I didn't make the compromise and it seemed like it was bad because now I don't have any Word. But now looking back on it, praise the Lord. God provided. He always provides. I know somebody the other day said they found $1,200 cash outside the ATM. Could have picked it up, put it in your pocket, walked away. That had been the end of it. But no, they went in, found out who it belonged to and gave it to them. You know what? That would have been a compromise. It's a simple right and wrong. Righteous and unrighteous. But God can bless you way more than 1,200. Amen. Mark 4 tells us about being deceived by riches. What does Jesus say when he tries to make get Jesus to compromise? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Young people want to see what's real. They don't want to see a hypocrite. I don't think anything could be more distasteful to God than being a hypocrite. Here it is in Matthew 23rd chapter, and I've got to hurry. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against me, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow these others who are entering to go in. Nothing's more, more distasteful to God than that. To be a hypocrite. And the world doesn't... Have you ever seen a hypocrite? Have you ever been a hypocrite? Have you ever done anything hypocritical? I'll tell you one thing that kept me from surrendering my life to God was I didn't want to be a hypocrite. I came and I sat in a chair pretty regular, but I never surrendered and said, I am laying my life down. I'm serving you. Use my body. Use my money. Use my voice. Here I am. I never did do that until I was ready. Because you know why? I didn't want to be a hypocrite. I had some things I didn't want to let go of. I didn't want to surrender them. I, I, that's the truth. A few things that I thought were fun. And I just didn't want to be a liar. But then I got desperate and I decided to make a choice. And um, I gave my life to Christ. I know we make mistakes, but God's merciful. His mercies are new every day. His mercy endures forever and repent and He'll make you brand new. Amen. I just want us to be determined not to blend. Not to blend. Not to blend in with the world, but to be separate. And I want us to be determined not to float down the religious boat either. We've got to be different. 
That should, that should mean something to you, that you're going to have to, you're going to stand before God, you're going to get to give an account. You're going to get to give an account. Did you cause people to stumble, or did you help them get into heaven? I saw uh, a lady at the a hotel, and she got in. I, the first thing I noticed was her shirt, so-and-so church. And I thought, I just noticed a shirt, cool shirt. She's got a church shirt on. And I wasn't paying much attention, but then she got ready to leave and she bent down to pick up a whole case of beer. That's confusing. That's confusing. Mom and dad's at church on Sunday. Praise the Lord. Jesus saves. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Whatever. I'm no longer a slave to fear. My chains are broken. Down here, perhaps crying. Eh. And then Saturday night, we toe up. I mean, it's a little confusing, isn't it? To a kid, to a child, it's confusing to me too. One leg in, one leg out. It's the fading of the line. David says that God draws lines in pleasant places. He draws them there for me because He knows what's best for me. He knows about this compromise. Amen. I, I, I just, I mean, guys, I mean, I don't know how to drive the point home anymore, but we've got to be, we've got to be salt. We've got to be light. We go out into the world, they got to see something different. Your small group can't meet at the bar. Your small group can't go on a beach trip together and get tore up. That happens. If I see Mark at the grocery store and he's standing in line to get his groceries and he's got him a six-pack, I'm going to be sorely disappointed. I mean, I'm going to be crushed. I'm going to be hurt. I'm going to be really hurt. Because you know why? That's not the man I see here on Sunday. And to think that there's another man, it's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt me. And I can tell you, I'm rooted. Now, how does, that, what, how does that affect my teenage boys? Or some new Christians? Hey, isn't that the guy that was... Ain't that the guy that was doing opening prayer? He even taught my Sunday school class. It's okay for him to do it. I mean... Y'all follow me? Six-pack going to send you to hell? No. No, but I mean... If I need to explain, you just ain't getting it. Do you believe Jesus is coming back? You do? Do you believe He's coming soon? You do? Gets closer every day. So if that's true, and if you and I believe Jesus is coming back and He's coming back soon, let's just say we knew exactly when He's coming back. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Is there anything about your life that you need to change between now and next Saturday? If you really believe He's coming soon and very soon, you should really need to make a whole bunch of changes. It's not go get ready. You need to live ready. Because the fact of the matter is, He can come split the eastern sky right here in just a minute. We need to live ready. 
We're preparing for heaven. Amen? Amen. I know you were feeling bad this morning. You had a rough week and you were coming in thinking that you are going to leave all cheered up and happy and it was going to be a feel-good message and all that. Actually, it should make you feel good. But I know you feel like you're getting beat on a little bit. Your toes, you need some steel-toed boots. I understand. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. That's the days we're living in. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Yeah, we're there. Unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, all over it. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. What he's saying is, let me just make it easy. It would be better to just go out and hang out with a full-blown, yes, I'm a sinner and I'm proud to be a sinner kind of person, than it would to be hang out with this person who's one leg in, one leg out, lukewarm. Call yourself a Christian person. That's what he's saying. We've got to say no to compromise. We've got to say no to compromise. In the 10th verse, But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and at uh, Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will serve, pers- serve, suffer persecution. If you live godly, if you say no to compromise, if you stand for something, guess what? You're going to be persecuted. People are going to make fun of you. Somebody might break up with you. You may lose your job. It's possible. It very well could happen. You, you will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you, that's us, must continue in things which have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. That means no matter what the world does, no matter how far they go, no matter how much persecution, no matter if everybody else is doing it, you, me, we've got to stand firm. We've got to be strong. We've got to keep doing what we know to do. We cannot compromise. It is so ridiculously crazy quiet. It's not one of them, hey, man, sermons, I don't guess. We got to keep working for the good. Amen? In Second Peter, the third chapter, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Let me make that easier for you to understand. The world right now is slowly being dissolved. It is in the process of being dissolved. So during the process of being dissolved, what are we doing? Are we working for God? Are we living righteous? Are we compromising? Are we saying no to compromise? Are we saying no to unrighteous things and yes to righteousness? We don't get a redo. Praise the Lord.
Put it on. You got to put it on. I was talking about that 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 lady's shirt, church shirt. You know what? Had I not seen the church shirt, the case of beer, I wouldn't have thought a thing in the world about it. I thought it's bush light. <laughs> Getting started early this morning. I saw the guy at the gas station the other day, 7 o'clock in the morning, case of beer. I said, dang boy, you getting started early this morning. He said, oh no, man, I'm going golfing. This is for later. And I said, okay, well, have fun out there. Didn't think nothing about it. But when he's wearing the I Love Jesus shirt, got his cross on, just be ye kind tattoo, drives away with the fish on his tailgate, going to go drink a few for Jesus. I mean, it's, 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 it's different. It's different. It's different. The way I viewed it, it was different. I was saddened, actually. I wasn't mad at all. I was just saddened. I thought, man, that's sad. That's sad. That's a terrible example. You can get on Facebook and post scriptures. People see you posting scriptures and maybe giving praise reports or inviting them to church. And in the next post, you're just letting somebody have it or just cussing them out or sharing something trash you shouldn't be sharing. And you look at that, like, man, out of the same mouth shouldn't come blessings and cursings. That's a one leg in, one leg out kind of thing. What kind of, what kind of, what does that tell the world? What's on your billboard? When they see your billboard driving down the interstate, what do they see? The billboard of your life, what do they see? You'll get to give an account for whatever it is that they see. Now get this. This is the last scripture we're closing. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Now get, get this. Get a hold of that right there. Put on tender mercies. Put it on. Put it on. That's your church shirt. That's your tattoo. That's your cross. That's your bumper sticker. That's your, Jesus, uh, your fish emblem on your tailgate. You got to put it on. You have to put it on. He doesn't dress you. You will have to get up in the morning and dress yourself. You're going to have to put on tender mercies. You're going to have to actually act. Put on tender mercies. Put on kindness. Put on humility, meekness, long-suffering. Put it on. Put on this. Bearing one, one another. Forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against uh, another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. You must do it too. But of all these things, above all these things, what? Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Put it on. You've got to put it on. You ain't not going to accidentally fall into it. You're not going to accidentally carry your light. You're not going to accidentally carry your salt. You're going to have to purposely put it on. You're going to have to purposely carry your light. You're going to have to purposely carry your salt in a saltless world. You're going to have to do it on purpose. Purpose. On purpose. I'm going to be an example. They invited me to the Halloween party. Good, I'm glad. I'm going to go and I'm going to be the same at the Halloween party as I am on Sunday morning. No different. Everybody else tanked up, doing whatever they do. I'll be the same right now as I am the Mark Church. Same. Salt and light, same. Everywhere I go, same. So I'm going to leave you with this thought right here.
What if, what if everyone on planet Earth who calls themselves a Christian, who says, yes, I'm a Christian, what if everyone who called himself a Christian genuinely acted like a Christian? world will look a lot different. We've got to be salt and light, church. We've got to be salt and light. Amen? We can start today. We can start today. We can start today saying no to compromise and saying no to the little things and be salt and light. Walk out of here different than you walked in with a new, a new plan, a new purpose, a new vision. I'm going to be salt and I'm going to be light in this world. Don't know how many days I've got left, but whatever amount of days it is, I'm going to be salt and light. I'm going to make a difference in my workplace. If I leave this world, I'll be missed. I'm going to be remembered for something. Glenn left behind a legacy. I talked to the men that he worked with. I already knew this all about him anyway, but talking to the men that worked with him said, there is absolutely no way we'll be able to fill the hole. The guy, the guy held his hands up. He said, it's a hole that can't be filled. That's how important he was there. He's missed. Now, I know a lot of people that have left the world, they weren't missed a bit. They didn't leave anything behind except a nightmare. A tragedy. If you really believe Jesus is coming back, would you change anything? Would you change anything? If everybody claimed to be a Christian acted like a Christian, well, I'm only in charge of one person. That's me. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. I can't base my decisions and how I'm going to act. I can't determine that by whether they do it or not. I'm going to do it. It's a decision. You think, think about this. I know I said I'm closing. Think about this. This should scare you. This should, their whole reverence thing or fear of God, this where this comes into play. It doesn't mean be scared of God because every time you make a mistake that He's going to smack you in the head with a big stick or something like that or send some kind of tragic thing into your life. No, this should be the reverence and the fear that one day, each and every one of us, you're going to get to stand here at the throne and you're going to get to give an account of your life. And if your life's full of sin and you're living one leg in, one leg out, that should be plumb scary. That should make you want to run and jump on the other side quick as possible. Praise the Lord. It should. And whether it does or not, that's a fact. It's going to happen. You get to give an account of your life. We're called to be salt and light. Amen. Man, I feel like I just called my kids in and got on to them. 
gave them all a spanking with a belt and said, this hurts me worse than it hurts you. That's not it. I want God to be pleased with me and I want him to be pleased with your life as well. Amen. Amen. We've got to make a difference. Difference makers. That's what we're called to be. Father, we thank you this morning for giving us dreams and giving us visions and giving us the strength. We thank you for forgiving us of our sins and giving